You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Alamancy was indeed born with the mist. Or at least, Alamancy began at the same time as the mist first appearance. When Rashik took the power at the Well of Ascension, he became aware of certain things. Some were whispered to him by Ruin, others were granted to him as an instinctive part of the power. One of these was an understanding of the three metallic arts. He knew, for instance, that the nuggets of metal in the Chamber of Ascension would make those who ingested them into Mistborn. These were, after all, fractions of the very power in the Well itself. Nuggets of pure allomancy, the power of preservation itself. Why Rashik left one of those nuggets at the Well of Ascension, I do not know. Perhaps he didn't see it, or perhaps he intended to save it to bestow upon a fortunate servant. Perhaps he feared that someday he would lose his power, and would need the nugget to grant him allomancy. Either way, I bless Rashik for his oversight, for without the nugget, Ellen would have died that day at the Well. Chills, okay. <laughs> chills, chills, chills. Um, I think we can maybe see and, and give the Lord Ruler maybe a little bit of a pass if it says here that he was being influenced by Ruin. Uh, he was being whispered to by Ruin, at least. But yeah. uh, anyway, so chapter nine. Oh boy, chapter nine. All right, so chapter nine is uh, we get our boy Tensoon again. And he mentions how he was born seven centuries ago and that there is actually a centralized Condra government. Cool. Um, he is taken into this trial and everyone through the ninth generation is allowed to watch. And that's super important to him because he apparently is going to be using this trial as a means to spread a message. And Tinsun mentions a, a, a Condra by the name Milan here. And he hopes that she's not out there watching now, but she most definitely is. And Tinsoon's like, well, the second generation has always felt threatened by the third generation, and uh, I'm going to show them why. And that is the end of chapter nine. So, like, Tinsoon's portion is building here. He well, has something. My my one note I have is he has this guy, Kampar, that Kampar, he's dealing with. Yeah. And my only note was Kampar is a boomer. Okay, Kampar is a boomer. He's a, he's a second generation boomer. He he hates the youngins and yeah. all that stuff. He's you know anyway. <laughs> um, giving more in depth into it a little bit here is that like Tensoon does explain right that when the first gave over the the responsibility for the future generations, the second screwed up with the third, and he's like, yeah, we're rebellious to them. We don't serve them like dogs. The fifth do. So the third generation are millennials. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, chapter 10. Uh, We get Sazed's point of view, and he's struggling to uh, dismiss a specific religion. It was the one that Mare believed in. And it was called, like, Lazterism or something like that? Um, And it believed that people should focus on making art as it is divine. It is a way to get close to to God, essentially. And uh, 
yeah, while he's struggling with this, Breeze is talking away. And Breeze is like, I'm amazed that we destroyed this wonderful world, you know? Uh, he's like, the ashes are unimaginative. And Bri- I just made a note here that just says Breeze is consistently memeing. Because mm-hmm. that's essentially what's going on. But uh, Seizid does not believe that uh, there is such a thing as like an evil source of doom. Um, they're just creating a source of evil. I don't know. I actually don't know what that note is. Ignore it. But uh, essentially, Breeze is interesting here because Breeze is talking about how the a world of green, you know, flowers and things like that seems beautiful, and says it's like, and that that's like weird, right? Because they've mentioned in throughout all the books that people are like green. Mm-hmm. That's why, a he's that's like, a why dumb not, color. Might as well be blue. You know? Yeah, he's like anything's better than ash mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. He's like, so it must be beautiful, and he mentions how. Vin is going to bring all of that back. And Sazed looks at looks at Breeze like, you know, what do you mean? He just goes, Well, you know, I might as well start believing in something, I guess. You know, again, he's just kind of messing with Sazed, but ultimately, you know, he's trying to pull Sazed out of this like depressive lull, and Sazed's just not having any of it. Um so Sazed like goes off on Breeze, which I think is hilarious. He goes off on Breeze in the funniest way I've seen so far, which is he's just like Breeze, we all know that you're pretending to not be a compassionate person. You're a good person. And Breeze is like, don't say it so. <laughs> but yeah, um, Breeze is truly compassionate and helpful at this point. And Sazed points out that, like, you know, even if in the beginning it truly was that he joined for uh, Kelsier these many years ago, three years or so at this point. If he truly joined for the challenge, he he is here for the full-on ride now. He is here because he needs to help people. So, Captain Gorodel arrives and uh, essentially is a scout. And we can remember, readers, listeners, that Captain Gorodel is the the guard at the palace that Vin spared the night she went after the Lord Ruler. And he's now here as a scout helping the group. And Orianne arrives, and we just have a big old reunion because everyone arrives at the uh, General Demu's camp, and and um yeah, so everyone arrives at General Demu's camp, and Orianne arrives r- like riding everyone, jumps in the saddle with Breeze, and says it's like, "Yep, they truly like each other." And Breeze is like, "Yikes!" Trying to just avoid everyone's eye contact, but says it has a moment where he. He, he almost claws out of everything. He goes, "This we live in a time where the world needs religion and faith right now. But Seiza still points out that he doesn't believe in anything and he will no longer teach lies to anyone anymore. Vin goes and sees him and Seiza's just like, I don't know what I am anymore because I'm not a keeper because he's not sharing his information. And Vin's like, Seiza, you're Seiza. Like, that's all you need to know. And that, you know... You, she points out something that's hilarious. She uses uh, arguments uh, that are factual against this guy. He's just like she's like, you you claim you are weak, uh, yet you still disagree with me and fight with a fervor. And says is like, well, you got me there. You know, I'm just you know, pity partying over here essentially. And uh, he might like he might legitimately be the only keeper, the only keeper left alive from everything they've heard. The the refugees of Terrace, they don't have keepers with them. And he's like, this is such an important problem, yet I just can't find myself to be a leader for them. 
And Vince like says that I need you and I need your help and you need to, you need to come back to us. And Ventel says it about how she let Ellen die and she did it because she knew it was what he wanted and says, it's like, yeah. And he has that moment where he's like, you know, Tendril stayed cause she wanted, but still I'm not going to let it go. And that's the end of uh, chapter 10. So this is broken, man. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Sazed is uh, riding the struggle bus, and it's just this is gonna. We we saw we saw it earlier, you know what he's doing, and he's basically his only way is trying to find like some sort of meeting through everything. I don't know what he was saying. I am weak of will, and Ven was like, I don't think so. But I mean, it's he's even having trouble. You know, Breeze is trying to help him out a little bit. You know, here and there. But he, he even he's like, you know, having his own trouble with it. And I mean, I'm sure Breeze is doing his own allomancy on him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably a good reason to think that Orianne is as well. But I guess emotional allomancy can only go so far. Um, the other thing they were mentioning is that Ash is now falling daily. Um, so like this Ash is, is going nuts. Uh, they, and this is coming from a place that they're used to Ash just like falling all the time. Um, but they're constantly commenting about how there's more and more ash. Um, the world is, is changing significantly. Um, and the Chondra, you know, we're we're getting a little bit of more insight with this. So I remember earlier, I think last episode, you were mentioning how the true body was in the shape of a person. And Tenzin said that generally that's true. But like, especially in the later generations, they can do make the bodies whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Milan has like a wooden body, um, and there's some bodies that have like multiple arms, and one was in yeah. the shape of a box or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, and but the tradition is usually to have like a human a human form. Um, so I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Um, I think this is the point where he also said where they put him in the place where the most blessed and the most cursed uh mm-hmm. would would stand. Uh so he, this is like a huge show. I the mean, court of law. It, it, I mean they, all the apparent most of the conjure that exist are all like in attendance for this up to day. the ninth generations allowed. Right. Um and the other thing that we get is more of like ruin as a being um so ruin you know we we remember from like the first epigraph that or for rather the prologue that you know it calls itself ruin mm-hmm. um and we also understand that the chondra had this saying that we kind of just kind of brushed over in well of ascension that we are of preservation and you are of ruin and like before it was like okay so you guys are like terrible and they're like no like you are like part of ruin um something big that we saw in this epigraph in epigraph 10 nuggets of pure allomancy the power of preservation itself so So we have this continuing uh reoccurrence of this ruin and preservation yes and so the this is all like i'm sure like it would seem like a bunch of balanced mumbo jumbo um but you know we have ruin as like a thing that talks like not just we 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 knew that when vin held the power of the well of ascension something was telling her 
you know what you have to do. You know what you have to do. And then he said, I am free. Yeah, you pointed out in the last chapter, you know, when we talked about epigraphs, you know, Ruin could plan and carefully plot knowing if he built one thing up. Yes. And so we're seeing this as an actual being. And this is actually even what it said. Like they said that we make many people make the mistake of thinking of Ruin as a just a destructive force, like almost like fire, you know, or whatever. But it's not, you know, it has, you know, plans, thoughts and understanding of, you know, how to do these things. It, it manipulated an entire religion. Right. Um, the other, Oh, that was the other thing I meant, I made a note of is that Satan's no longer wearing his metal mines. Yeah. None of them. Um, which, you know, he's a keeper and he's not even like using Farrakami at all. Um and well, as far as I know, because I think he says he's at least I think he said all of his metal metal mines, but not just copper mines, because I was going to say the copper mines make sense because it's like, why do I even bother? They can be manipulated, manipulated. So like, I, I don't even know if the copper mines are accurate. So why would I keep using them? But but that but that's the thing is that like like this is a being that has a certain level of power and it clearly had some level of power even though it was, you know, finger quote, imprisoned, because we that's what, what Quan said, we cannot release the thing that is imprisoned there. Um, and almost certainly the, this changing of the world is being is influenced because ruins out. Yeah, Vin points out that ever since the power at the Well of Ascension was taken, the mist are like full on killing now. It, it used to be there were isolated cases. The mist was kind of staying later, stay, staying later but like not everywhere. And now the mist is full on out rampaging across the, the, the lands essentially. But the other thing that we have here is that Allomancy came with the mists. Like, uh, I mean, they were at least around right as the mists happened. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, assuming these epigraphs are, you know, they are, they usually are as far as we know, pretty well accurate and don't lie to us. Um, Alamancy came with the mists. They were linked, and we already kind of knew this because I mean we keep we understood from the beginning of like Mistborn uh, mm-hmm. in the Fallen Empire um, that you know Vin always felt at peace with the mists. Always felt like this, you know, the mists were you know her thing, um, and they always have been associated with Alamancy. Even when someone's using Alamancy, the mists would act you know differently mm-hmm. around them. Um, I f- was forgot what my my point uh, was with all that. Um. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so much we can we we can discuss, but only on spoiler episodes. Um. Yeah, truly. But uh, that's that was another interesting thing, right? They brought up the epigraphs. Brought up a pretty interesting point. Why the heck did Rashik leave behind one of these nuggets? The uh, of, of it's referred to as a nugget of pure alamancy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it can make you and well, he he, he speculated like he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, and, and and it all made sense because it's like, you know, could the Alamancy have worn away? We are we we did already get to an idea of like the Alamancers back in the day, you know, were a lot stronger, were a lot stronger. So could it wear off? You know, could it go away at some point and need to be re-upped? I don't know. It may have a lot of a lot of good points to be able to keep something like that. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so this first week of Hero of Ages was an immediate action sequence into a very, very short-lived lull. 
as we kind of build up more of the stakes and build up and release more of the lore, essentially, of what has happened in the past and what is happening in the present. And I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.